0: Welcome to the REI Mastermind Network, where host Jack Haas gathers amazing stories from leaders in real estate investing. In each episode, our guests will tell you what they're doing that works, what they've tried that failed. And best of all, you'll learn actionable steps to take your real estate investing to the next level. Now, here's Jack with another value-packed episode. We have Rocco Carrero on. Rocco, I really appreciate your time. And uh, we, this is going to be a slightly different conversation because, like I've mentioned in the past, we really want to treat this as a business, and we are entrepreneurs when you are in real estate investing. So um, Rocco has a book out. I'm going to point everybody to your, web, your website, Rocco, because I think that's probably where they can download a free chapter and get some additional information on it. But the book is called Three Chords Approach to Life and Wealth Management for Business Owners. And you can see that at RoccoACarrero.com. And I'll make sure to have that, that link in the show notes because uh, the the last name is spelt a little different and it, I want to make sure everybody has that. So check your show notes. If you go into your podcasting app, it'll be an easily easy one touch to get over to uh, Rocco's website. Really appreciate your time, Rocco.
1: Thank you, Jack, for having me.
0: So, let's start things off.
1: Like, what what caused you to write this book? Well, Jack. Well, you know, for about I've been working with business owners now for about twenty five years, specializing in working with business owners, CEOs, and entrepreneurs. And so, you know, for the past twenty five years, I really got to see. What were you know? Who were the really successful people? Who were the ones that were financially successful, but they have a lot of trouble with their family or personal relationships, or they had trouble with their their health? And I also got to see super successful people that were had really had true wealth, and those are the ones that um, that were financially successful. They were they had a, a successful personal personal relationships with their family and their friends. And they also um, were in great shape. They took really good care of themselves, and um, and they were mentally uh, fit as well as physically fit. And I decided to come up with this book called "The Three Chords Approach to Life and Wealth Management for Business Owners" that looked at all three areas of a business owner's life.
0: Sure, you know, and it's kind of a neat analogy that you have there because you know each string of your life. Intertwined together to essentially make a rope. It make it makes that the situation stronger. Uh, how did you come up with that concept or that analogy?
1: You know, I um, I was talking with a uh, with a friend and uh, about the concept, and he had said, "Wow, that sounds like a, uh, a a biblical phrase, something in the Bible that that spoke about three chords, and that each of the chords tied together basically made it uh, not breakable." And I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I think in the Bible, it looks at it differently than the way that we're looking at it in the book. And so I decided to, to, to go with it and say, you know, this three chords approach um, through three strands uh, tied together was much stronger than if each one was laid out individually. So if you think about it, the three areas that we just spoke about separate are not as strong when all three areas are working together.
0: Mm hmm. You know this this concept now. You know, really, what you're talking about to to a certain extent is this this whole concept of work life balance and and sometimes it almost seems out of reach. How have you uh, found to be able to advise some people on how to how to achieve that?
1: It's really hard. You would think that work life balance is easy. It's really hard, and the way that we've been able to advise people is is in doing it the way that i do it and then i really kind of plan these things out i mean i operate a very busy uh professional life with uh with my wealth management practice and and my you know writing the books and all the things that i do on the publishing side and i i have two kids i love my kids i love my spouse and i, I want to be there and i want to do just as good of a job with them And then there's myself as an individual, you know, I'd like to be able to go play golf and go fishing and hang out with my friends and, and take care of my health. And so all three are only possible to do at a very high level. If you plan them out, you know, pen, the paper, have a strategic plan, model calendar when you're going to do when you're actually going to operate in those three different areas.
0: So is this something that you learned as you progressed in your professional career, or is there like a background story of when you were
1: growing up? That's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that question. And I think it was through, you know, I, I, I sit in 26, 30 different meetings a week with successful business people. And in through seeing the people who were really happy or the people that were upset or the people that had constant problems, the people that did not focus in all three areas had a lot of problems, right? So if they weren't, if they paid if they smoked two packs of cigarettes a day and they paid no attention to their personal life, I would see how that cord would snap or the people that would, you know, be in great physical shape and operate a super successful business. But they, you know, they were married two, three, four times. Or the person that was had a great personal relationships and they were in great shape and they kind of let their, their business was kind of dwindling away. So I said, well, you know what? The three common areas that kept coming up in all of these meetings, and it must be 15,000 meetings over the past 25 years, were those three different areas. And I said, wow, if I, if I could work on those three different areas myself, I think I will have a more fulfilled life than if I just focused on one or two.
0: Mm-hmm you know that's that's really interesting that uh you know we we have through networking and people that we know and a few other things i think it's rare for somebody to take a moment and look at those people that you that surround you and actually learn those type of lessons right there in a, in such an intimate fashion like that
1: I sit around, you know, we sit around the, uh, the conference table and I get this opportunity to learn from so many, from so many different people. I mean, you know, a lot of the clients that we work with are, you know, basically age 57 plus. So I'm getting uh, lots of feedback from people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even in their 90s. And we got to hear all kinds of stories and, um, and real life situations of do's and don'ts. And if you keep hearing the same don't do in multiple meetings, you might want to say to yourself, yeah, if you come to that fork in the road, don't take that path of the don't do situation.
0: Right. So, you know, another thing that you brought about, talked about is, is taking care of yourself and especially regarding your health. Um, and that reminds me of a phrase I've seen, you know, shared around uh, the internet and social media quite a bit is the concept of if you don't take care of your health now, you'll be forced to later.
1: It is. Uh, it's so true. I, uh, I, you know, that is an area that I am always working on. Right. So, and i when I say by always working on, I'm either working on it mentally or I'm working on it actually doing things. It's, it's hard. I am, um, because I'm active with my family and I'm active with my business, the area that tends to suffer the most is myself. And, and I've really come to learn that, you know, me personally, I don't exercise and I don't eat well and take good care of myself for the reason of being a super fit Ironman. I do it to make sure that I have longevity and that I can be the best person I could be for my family and for my clients. So we all have different motivations, but the the piece of self, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be here to take care of your clients, um, your business, or your family.
0: You know, and I, I think there's a big impact to your well, your mental health as well when it com- when when you're physically in better condition, you typically it starts to remove that brain fog and you start to think a lot more clearly and and be able to make some of those decisions in a in a in a better mindset.
1: hundred percent. you know, I just started rebounding, you know there's like a little mini trampoline and I'm gonna tell you, just doing fifteen minutes a day of that, Opens the lymph system, uh, increases energy. I mean, you don't have to exercise two hours a day. Fifteen minutes on the on that little rebounder um, creates energy, and it carries through the whole entire day. I think that NASA has done studies on that and shows that rebounding is one of the most effective, efficient forms of exercise. So, and and you know, you we talked about the biz-
0: business aspect too, like. What are some of those steps that you've noticed from some of those those people in uh, in your in your network, and that you know that inspired this book? Uh, that uh, what are some of those pieces of business exercise that people are doing to become successful?
1: I would say multi. Um, well, so you know, if you talk about on the business side and on the financial side, a lot of the business owners they own their own real estate, right? So they 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 have their business. Um, many of these are really successful businesses that they build underlying equity in their companies but they also own the underlying real estate that their businesses are housed in Mm -hmm. and so they get the equity component there so worst case scenario if they can't sell their company they're usually coming out with a few million dollars worth of real estate that they have house their business in which allows them to enter into retirement and go through a liquidity event so whether they rent out the building or they sell it and invest the dollars differently. Um, that's one of the things that I've seen. Also a lot of uh, successful business owners, they set up, um, they you know they they make sure that they're gonna have different buckets of dollars to tap into um, at, at some point down the road. So whether it's real estate income, portfolio income, whether they do private lending, own other interests in other businesses, whether they keep their business and they just become like a passive business owner. These successful business owners have mul- multiple sources of income. So if one area doesn't work out, the uh, there's usually another two, three, four other areas that they're that they're generating income to cover their expenses.
0: Sure. So just a reminder, everybody head over to RoccoACarrero.com uh, for some additional information and, and to check out that book. Um, so Rocco, you know, one of the things, you know, I don't... I keep picturing these three cords and now you've built this rope you found that balance and and I can kind of see it you've you've kind of threw it over that tree limb and you're you're using it now to climb your way up into some into a wealthier lifestyle and a healthier healthier situation what are some of those things that you've been advising those entrepreneurs and CEOs on how to manage their money and their wealth as they're as they're progressing.
1: Um, you know, I this morning I had a conversation with a client that has a goal of accumulating about 150 million dollars by the time he passes on. So pretty ambitious quote goal 150 mm-hmm. million. And I said, you know, by going through the planning process, he's he's already done really well. Um, and he's in his early 50s and by the time he you know by the time he gets to 85 or 90 i'm going to show him okay this is this is how this is how much your assets will appreciate too and in order to get to uh this 150 million dollar number this is what this is how many properties you're going to have to accumulate this is how much you have to save in investments and so through going through the planning process that that one step of doing a real plan and getting very clear is what are the key requirements, what exactly is it that you need to do in order to achieve the goal and the objective is the number one thing that um, if somebody's interested in achieving that financial success, what they what they need to do.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, this goes back to something that I know my listeners are probably tired of hearing me say, but it it's it's much like when we're doing real estate investing. I I really am a strong believer of writing things down and actually making your plan and and because until it's on a piece of paper, that's that's when it becomes a target versus a dream. You know, so when you when you actually sit down with somebody like you and actually make a plan and execute it, that's when things can become
1: achievable you know, you go from a dream in being intangible to something written down, at least you have something tangible. And, uh, there's something real powerful about that. Um, if listeners haven't actually tried it, they should do it and, uh, and they should revisit that. It's amazing what you can accomplish by doing that one step that you had suggested. Sure. So
0: let's talk about some of the risks. What are some of the risks to wealth that people should be aware of?
1: You know, there are um, the first, you know, if it's a young listener who's listening in and they have a young family, it's the, the risk of uh, premature death or premature disability, uh, you know, making sure that they take a look at their risk management part of their life. That's uh, that's some of the risks. Uh, another risk is uh, leverage and li- liabilities, taking on too much risk and not really understanding the risk and also not understanding that, okay, well, If you're a, if you're, if you overstretch yourself, you may run the risk of getting yourself into serious financial trouble. That's another, uh, another risk. Uh, You know, other risks are sector related, right? So, you know, just focusing in one area and if that area goes bad, not really having any other types of uh, investments or income sources than in just one area. So those are just three, uh, three potential risks that you see there. So whether it's, um, you, you can't, you, you know, premature death, uh, you know, credit related, and also uh, just being heavily focused in one sector.
0: So, you know, I, I have to go down this road because I'm sure people are thinking of it, is that we're kind of seeing a little uncertainty in the market and a few other things right now, whether it's due to COVID or a or few, you, you know, whatever else is going on right now um are there any things that anything you've been advising people to do in order to prepare for a possible downturn or or a few uh, in this uncertain
1: times you know one of the key things that we do for people is we help them help them prepare for the certainty of uncertainty Mm -hmm. and i mean nobody saw covid coming um Nobody, you know, I mean, there's so many different things that we don't know what's actually happening. But if a person is prepared, no matter what gets thrown your way, you're going to be able to deal with it. And I'll give you. Here's the example. Our whole, my whole office team, our corporate corporate office is based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They get a, they get a lot of snow. Uh, they get a lot of snow there, um, and they're fully. They were prepared for the snow and the, because based upon being prepared for the snow and the ice, they were able to transition to a work from home environment due to COVID. Same thing with our office, our whole whole team here has laptops and we prepared, we're in the Northeast. So when there's snow, everybody works from home. When COVID rolled out and that happened, it was very easy for us to transition to work from home for a couple months while, while we, until we felt it was safe to come back.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of interesting what the situation has has done because um, it forced uh, me to to take a look at the business and and adapt to the situation. Everything from showing rental units to to uh, taking a look at properties to purchase. I mean, everything everything changed. And and actually, even though we might be coming out of the backside of of the whole COVID lockdowns and everything else, some of those. Processes are going to remain in place because it just frankly has made things easier.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of learned business lessons that came as a result of COVID, unfortunately, but fortunately, but unfortunately. Um, and there are, you know, many companies have set up new processes and they're not going to go back to doing things the way that they did. I know, like, some people like to believe that we're going to go back to the way that things were prior to COVID but I don't, I'm not in the camp that believes that, you know, I believe the world has shifted um, part of COVID has propelled things basically 10 years into the future, specifically with technology and the way that people are doing things. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see, but um, you know, as you, as you talk about real estate and real estate type investing, you know, people are always going to need a place to live uh, and people are always going to need places to store their things, and um, and so I mean, there's certain aspects of the of the real estate world that I think are terrific, and there's certain areas that I think that people probably need to be more cautious about as well, just like mm-hmm. anything.
0: Right. Well, you know, a lot of people who get into real estate investing, we are one of our focuses is is the concept of generational wealth. Can you talk a little bit to what uh, how you help people plan for that and how? To, to pass this on to the
1: next generation yeah I think that's uh that's, that's in the book we talk about uh, trans transitioning assets from one generation to the next and um, you know and, and real estate is a long-term investment uh, for the most part right and so those are assets that can be improved and then transitioned from one generation to the next um, and we work with people on that and you know fam- you know first generation wealth creators which are our Favorite people to work with. Uh, they work real hard at trying real hard to set up their family, you know, set up their families and themselves for financial independence. And many times, if it's in real estate, those that's that creates multi generational wealth. Transition those assets that have been improved, and then their family that can help provide uh, income from their families. And I I think about that myself. The business, the building that I'm in here. Um, I think about you know eventually my kids, but you know whether they'll keep it or they'll sell it. And then, you know, as we, as I do other real estate projects, I think about that, you know, as as well, uh, as well too. So real estate is a, is a great tool for multi-generational wealth. I mean, there's probably like seven families that own all the real estate in New York city, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that
0: also brings me to the, to another question. Like I, when we started this conversation off, I mentioned that a lot of real estate investors, you know, I, 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 I really keep pushing the con- concept that we need to treat this like a business, and we are entrepreneurs. Um, with that, um, you know, just like when we review properties, we're always looking for that exit strategy, whether it's wholesaling the property, fix and flipping it, or holding it as a rental, that type of thing. But we're always looking at that exit strategy on a building uh, level, but we we rarely talk about that on a business level. Uh, because that that actually could be a possibility as well. How can you help some entrepreneurs with uh, essentially an exit strategy for their business?
1: Well, you know, um, I know business owners that that sell their businesses and they decide to develop real estate companies. And if they're going out there and buying um, strip mall type businesses, place that you might have a deli, nail salon, three or four pizzeria, a couple of different things. And, uh, and we work with business owners on that. And it's a great, uh, but you're right, they have to treat it as a business. And you know, with collecting the rent and property management and putting money back into the business, one of the, you know, one of the things that, uh, that I have is, so as I do my own personal planning for my own wealth management practice, aside from that is that I do have a vision to, to have kind of like a small real estate company. I've accumulated some different properties over the years and, um, you know, you go from having clients, uh, like we work with to, you know, your tenants are, are, are your, are your clients as well. And you got to, tr- you know, you treat your clients well, right. That's, that's, that's part of it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the thought, you know, with being an
0: entrepreneur too, you know, you, there are things that probably you're, you're so focused on your day-to-day operations and trying to get the next deal done or or you're trying to keep all the balls in the air. Um, one of the things that I think is is important is for us to make sure that we are planning for our retirement. And unfortunately, part of that is considering elder care eventually. Uh, talk a little bit about how important that might be.
1: Yeah, Um Elder care, really important topic. At some point, we're all going to get older. I think the statistics show that one out of two people are going to need some type of whether it's nursing home care or assisted living, um, and that costs a lot of money. and um, And there's different ways that people can self insure that whether they buy long-term care insurance, whether they use their own liquid investable assets. But I've also seen people earmark a piece of real estate where they say, you know what, hopefully I'm not going to need extended care, but they circle a property and they say they they own multiple properties. They say, you know what, rather than buy, um, you know, rather than put the money into some type of insurance product or something like that, they buy another piece of real estate and they say, if I need care, this property is going to get sold and it's going to fund my care, which I thought was, you know, it's really kind of interesting. It's a different way to look at it uh, from a long-term care perspective.
0: Sure. Well, just to remind everybody, head over to Rocco Carrero.com. Carrero, uh, we'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. Um, um, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate your time again. Um, but before I let you go, is there a question you wished I would have asked you here today?
1: Um, I have a question for you. I, you know, my, my question around, uh, is around real estate. You know, what, when you look at all the different sectors of the real estate market, which, which area, um, which area do you think, uh, for somebody that wants to be kind of like a passive real estate investor, what, what area should people be kind of looking at?
0: Well, I, you know, I, I always say is that if you're getting into rental properties, you may you should always run your numbers so that it includes property management. Uh, so that that is a way for you to be more passive. Uh, there's a lot of great turnkey providers that are available as well that will actually go as far as to find the property, rehab it, and even put in a resident uh, so that you can just buy it from there and then they'll manage it going forward. You you've got to do your due diligence on those turnkey providers but well, that's a great way in which to get into real estate investing and then then generate that passive income
1: Terrific well thanks for that advice Jack
0: <laughs> well I really appreciate your time uh, and this was this is a great conversation I, again I'll make sure to have those links in the show notes I really like the the concept of the three chords that's I haven't heard that analogy before and I, I really see how that is could be beneficial.
1: I, well, I, uh, I'm hope glad you enjoyed the book and uh, and all the best to you uh, as you close out calendar year 2021.
0: Well, thank you, sir. You have a great day.
1: Thank you so much. Have you learned at least one
0: actionable step to incorporate into your real estate investing? If so, please consider returning some of that value by leaving a positive review, subscribing to our YouTube channel, or joining our growing network on Facebook and Twitter. You can find links to all of our social media accounts in the show notes. See you next time.